What's up, everybody? It's so good to be back. Yes, how have you guys been doing? Today's episode is going to be kind of interesting because, you know, we kind of heard of this term before, but we hardly speak about it. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going through it as well. We got two special ladies on the show today. That's why I'm very, very excited. I can't stop talking. Welcome back to Bomb Sessions. Hello. How is everybody doing? You see, before before I can even start the show, I start messing up already because I have two very gorgeous ladies on the show today. Hello. We have uh, Dr. Sharini and also Nerosha on the show. Welcome to Mamak Sessions, ladies. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. How have you been? You know, how are, are you guys still currently like working from home? Okay, doctor, I know it's a stupid question. Obviously, you don't work from <laughs> home. <laughs> but, you know, how have you guys been, you know? Uh, who should start? Oh, I'll start presenting. Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I have been the same. I, I guess nothing exciting. Um, hoping that the cases of COVID is uh, coming down. I hope then we'll be a bit less busy than what we used to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I've spoken to some uh, uh, doctors who were actually of a certain specialist, right? Then they said that they have to basically put their specialist, a specialist, uh, how do you call it? That means that they have to put what they normally do on a daily basis aside and basically report to the hospitals because they have to basically serve as frontliners. And uh, yeah, I was talking to him like, you know, in my previous two episodes and I really applaud what you guys go through and despite uh, the current situation and you know you guys are literally you know in the front line although everybody keeps saying right we are all front licenses uh, front licenses pull up front liners because it's all our responsibility to make sure that everybody is safe right but you know for you guys to be out there I I, I applaud you thank you yes I think well I work in private sector so we are not as busy as the government side but I think the real true heroes must be in the government side, I, I, I personally think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes, and, and today also on the show, we have Nerosha. Hello, Nerosha. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jeannie. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. And, uh, you know, just, just for the benefit of our listeners, I know we know, like, you know, Dr. Sharini is a doctor. Um, could you care to tell our listeners, you know, um, about yourself, you know, where you're from, what do you do? Sure, sure. Well, okay, for everyone, I'm Narosha Krishams. I am actually um, um, in my early 30s. I'm mm-hmm. married and I have a, a daughter that's two years right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm a full-time working mother. So today, um, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my personal experience in battling with uh, migraine. Yeah, right? exactly. So a little bit about, oh, great. <laughs> so a little bit about me would be, my background is that I am actually a director for a a local consultancy and a marketing company for several years. Mm-hmm. And uh, working in this industry, it often requires me to work long hours with a hectic uh, work schedule, which have largely contributed to my migraine issues. And today, I'm going to be sharing my personal journey regards to that. Exactly. I mean, she, she, really, did, she really did the introduction before I could introduce it. Yeah, you know, the, the reason for this whole entire uh, conversation today is because, like, look, we were supposed to record this conversation like a while back because, but because of the current situation and we keep on delay and delay, delay. And I knew I wanted to talk about this because it's something very common that sometimes people always use very loosely, in my honest opinion. Like people, the minute they say, that, oh yeah, I'm working long hours, oh yeah, migraine lah, you know, and stuff like that. And they go uh, pop a paracetamol and stuff like that. So the thing is, I have had a friend when I was in primary school, yeah. I had, okay, what, one day I remember, I, I vividly very, I remember, I went to class, 
there was this girl who came in like maybe halfway through the semester. She came in for two days and after that, she never came into the semester at all. We didn't see her anymore. And then we were like wondering like, okay, yeah, we understand. You know, she's a new student. She came in. She looked perfectly normal, you know? And like when she didn't show up for like one day, two day, then one week, then two weeks. And then after when we asked the teacher, oh, uh, what happened to the student teacher? And then, oh, uh, they had a migraine. And we were like, okay, <laughs> you know, why? Like the thing is a lot of people, I, like for me, when I was younger, I always think that migraine is just a headache, right? Until we got to know her, she told us about her situation that migraine can actually get pretty serious and she had to be homebound for a really long time. I mean, would you like, would you care to uh, kind of like elaborate about this, doctor? Yeah, so I think migraine is sort of like synonymously used with headaches, you know, yeah. so interchangeably uh, used, like you've mentioned. But I, there's a difference between headaches and migraine. And I think a lot of time, not just your story, I think um, anyone's working, you know, if you have your colleagues who doesn't come to work and when they say they have migraine, the stigma that attached to it mm -hmm. is like, what? Only headache and you don't come to work. Yeah. You know, but don't you think so? And then like, but actually migraine can be very severe. And um, I mean, by the time some of my patients come to see me in a specialist clinic, they don't have simple migraine. They probably have daily migraines or what we call chronic migraine. They may have three or four times of migraine attack um, a week. And uh, the, the actual headache itself can be very severe to a point that they can, they have to stop what they're doing and they get very disabled with the headaches. Yeah. I, I, the thing is, a lot of people tend to always uh, correlate migraine, right? With having a headache on one side of your head. You know, it's like, oh, my left side of my head. Oh, I, can't, I can't remember what's left or right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my left side of my head is pain. I was like, ah, migraine. Straight away, like, you know, everybody or your expert friends, like, ah, the migraine, you know, and stuff like that. Is it true? Is, it, is migraine basically having a headache and just one side of your head? Or is, is it more complex than just that? Yeah, so there are different types of headaches. Migraine is the commonest type of headache. So it's only one part of headaches. There are different types of headaches, like tension headache, trigeminal headaches. So um, what people always say as well is, I have normal headache. This is not migraine headache. What is normal headaches? So people associate normal headaches like, last night I did not sleep very well. I yeah. drank too much coffee. Or maybe I was just too stressed out. Um, so those are sort of, they call it as mild headaches. Right. But migraine has a very uh, specific characteristic to it. And this is what we look out for when patients come to clinic. Um, we talk a lot to them and we ask them a lot of questions. So the characteristic is different. Headache itself can be one side. Yep. Generally, it's one side that you said correctly. Um, but it can happen on different side. It can happen both side on the front part of the head. Um, it has this characteristic of like pounding, throbbing, squeezing type of headache. Mm -hmm. And um, it can last for a few hours can go on for days. People yeah. get surprised. How come my headache never go away and it lasted for like a few days? Yes, that can happen. And um, when you have the headaches, you probably feel a bit nauseated. You may vomit. And sometimes vomiting makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. And you may have a sensitivity to light. So certain things irritates you like bright lights, um, noises, you know, too loud of a noise, certain smell irritates you. And all you want to do is just go to sleep. And um, some people actually experience quite scary experience, I would say, because um, before they get their headaches, they get this thing like we call aura or warning. So yeah. they may see certain things like um, 
flickering lights or flashing oh. lights or wavy lines or zigzaggy lines which can be black and white or colorful and i mean if that happens to you or that happens to me for the first time i'll be like so scared am i getting a stroke or something you know oh wow okay so time they will go to an ophthalmologist and say is there something wrong with my eyes you know why am i seeing this uh, these colorful things but mm-hmm. these are called aura and um, not all people have aura before their migraine but some people do yeah okay look, okay with, with regards to migraine right is it always stress related because okay so just now i mentioned about how i had this classmate that came in and she's so young and come on like kids where got stress right I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, you know, okay, I don't want to discount the fact that, yes, some of us do study really, really hard until we get stressed. But is my is migraine generally only triggered by stress or is it hereditary? Is that, did I pronounce it right? Hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, what I always tell my patients is that, you know, when they come into clinic, why me? How come I get it and my sister doesn't get it? Right. So where is that hereditary thing coming from? So we... A lot of time, we don't know who gets migraine, but we do feel there is a genetic factors because a lot of time, if we really look hard, there is a family history. Yes. But um, not everyone or not all your siblings will have migraine. Maybe one or two of you will have migraines. Um, but what are the triggers? So these triggers, if you put it on people who do not have the tendency to have migraine, it mm-hmm. may do nothing to them. Right. So you can stay out and play video games, whatever, like you said, and you never get headaches. But people with migraine... Um, these triggers can actually cause them to have migraines. So stress is only one of the triggers. Um, um, Lack of sleep, a certain type of food, caffeine. Some people cannot take coffee or chocolate or cheese or dairy products because that can trigger their headaches. Um, Also, um, if they are under a lot of stress, like you said, bright lights. And these days I'm hearing, you know, we're all doing meetings on Zoom these days. So a lot of screen time and too much screen time also can trigger headaches yeah oh Um, okay yeah so you're staring at screen all the time your eyes are like really tired and that can trigger headaches um if the air is too stuffy the weather is too hot some people can't stay in the air conditioned room because they can get migraines so there are many actually triggers for migraine yeah okay when you say triggers right these are people with hereditary there's a chance of you know basically having one of their family members already have that has migraine or these are people who are completely with no migraine at all no symptoms no nothing haven't gone through migraine before and all of a sudden gets a migraine so that, that that's called sporadic meaning you can't get a family history mm-hmm. so i do have patients where you ask very hard and they say no my mom got no migraine my grandparents my great-grandparents got no migraine you know yeah so there are people where we cannot find a family history and it just happens so these are the ones that we don't know what actually caused um, um, them to have migraines. Right. Wow. When you mentioned, right, play video games is okay and trigger migraine, I'd be like, what? Oh my gosh. Are they just having fun? You can get migraines? That's horrible. Yeah, it's not enough sleep as well. It's okay. Is migraine. Okay. Forgive me if I ask this and uh, if it sounds stupid, but can migraine lead to anything fatal or not? Actually, migraine is very benign. But right. the problem is when we say, oh, so when I say benign, that means it's not something serious. Got it. Okay. okay. But when we say it's not something serious, this is when the stigma comes uh, comes from, you know, because when we say it's not something serious, people, people will start taking it lightly, like, oh, it's yeah. just migraine. Mm-hmm. But it is not serious, meaning it's not like cancer, it doesn't kill you, yeah. but it can be debilitating. 
Um, do you know that migraine sometimes can have symptoms of which mimics like a stroke? Oh. So people with migraine, if it's so severe, they may not be able to concentrate. Some of them cannot even get their words out. Some of them may have like numbness on one side or weakness on one side. Some people have ringing in the ear. They have very severe dizziness with the headache. Mm -hmm. The room is spinning around them. How do you expect people with migraine to actually go to work if they get severe headaches like this? Yes. So, okay. When you mentioned uh, people who get, people have migraine, they will see the whole room spinning around. Is that called aneurysm? Uh, that's called verti vertigo. Oh, sorry. Vertigo. Sorry. Vertigo. Yes. yes vertigo. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not sure why I said it. Yeah. Vertigo. Uh, yes, because my, my classmate uh, kept telling us or when we asked what's wrong, she said that she feels like she's always in a tornado. And being kids, we're like, whoa, okay. You know, we don't understand. And then uh, for the general term, they just... Funnily enough, that's how I got to un know what migraine was. I'd be like, oh, migraine, okay, head spinning around, that kind of thing. And then uh, as we grow up, it, it just basically leads up. It's just so commonly used, so loosely used as... Yeah, this I call migraine now because I'm working too yeah. hard, and 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 we have you know obviously we have someone who's gone through or who's who had migraine, uh, Nirosha. I mean, thanks for being a part of this conversation today. I, and I, to be honest, I am not on one to say how uh, how uh, bad your migraine was. But you, would you care to share? You know, what did you go through? As is it right for me to say that she is or was a migraine patient? Um, I think I was the migraine patient because I'm actually feeling so much better after seeking uh, or consulting a neurologist, which is my doctor, Dr. Sherini. Mm -hmm. So uh, yes, I don't mind. I'm, I'm definitely happy and delighted to share my personal journey in battling with a migraine. Yep. So um, so like, like you said, I, I was one of the persons that always thought like, okay, migraine, it is just another fancy word for headache. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people, uh, you know, usually um, address that as, right? So when I had this, like, you know, this constant headaches and all that, I was not able to understand. I was just thinking maybe I'm having a, just broken sleeps or maybe a lot of stress at work mm -hmm. and long working hours. So until a certain point, right, it started disrupting my daily activities, my okay. life as a whole. Right. So, um there's one time, a lot of people often think migraine is just like a, like a, it's, it's very much downplayed. If okay. I can say that right, it's very much downplayed, like you just said. So when I, um, you know, told myself like, okay, um, migraine. So what exactly is a migraine? So obviously being a normal person, because I'm not a neurologist, so I'm not able to understand that. Yep. There's one time it was um, very severe to a point that I wake up with a headache. I mm. go to sleep with a headache. I oh. eat with a headache. I, it was literally my world was filled with headaches. Oh, wow. And I was still thinking it'll be fine with painkillers. So I was popping painkillers every two hours. And mm -hmm. I think I've shared that with Dr. Sharini as well. So it was just like, it was just constantly happening for um, over two months. Right. To a certain point, um, it started um, making my um, other parts of my body to be a little ill. For instance, like I was getting uh, severe gastritis attacks. Oh. And then emotional turbulences. I was just uh, gaining so much weight and, you know, hair, I was losing hair, all of this. But people do not understand. They just think it's just a headache. So when this thing happened, I've started to, um, you know, uh, be a little... 
I would say down, I guess, depressed, I guess, because mm. I didn't know what was the solution to it besides just taking regular painkillers. So that is the time I met my family doctor. I must mention about him is Dr. Mohan Raj, mm-hmm. who's happens to my to be my gastroenterologist. Right. So I went to him and I was just discussing about this just this normal gastritis issues, right? Yeah. And then um, he started um, asking me about my headaches then because I did mention about like I'm waking up with a headache, broken sleep, and all that. And then he told me that you know what, Nerosha. I think you should consult a neurologist. Right. And I was seriously stunned, shocked, and scared. <laughs> I mean, um, neurologist for a headache? Come on. I don't need a brain doctor to fix my headache right now. That that was my feedback to him. I was a little hesitant. I was a little scared. So I took a little bit time off uh, whether if I should really see or consult a neurologist. But again, uh, through... Um, I guess, inter-referrals, and uh, he referred me to Dr. Sharini at SGMC. Right. Of course, I was a little um, still hesitant. I still did not want to see Dr. Sharini because I was still in denial. This is just a normal headache, right? Mm-hmm. So and and, and, and may, may I ask, like, were your family members also were like, saying, nah, nah, no headache only, what? Just take, just take painkiller care, you know, that kind of thing. Were you getting that as well? Oh, they were telling me that like you're just seriously uh, wasting your time and you're wasting your money. That was their feedback. Ooh. Not just family members, but uh, workmates. Uh, you know, everywhere. When, when I tell that I see a neurologist for migraine, they were like, okay, but who sees a neurologist for a migraine? It kind of like, it kind of gives me the same sentiment, like you know, like someone is having a mental breakdown and they go see a psychiatrist. Yo, why you go see a psychiatrist? You crazy, uh, that kind of thing. They tend exactly to there, there's the like stigma. a stigma. There's a stigma <laughs> with all these things. But yeah, I know I, I I get where you're coming from when you say, oh, I'm gonna see a brain doctor. A minute in your mind, you're like, oh, do I need to have brain surgery? A, a lot, very shallow. I, look, I I'm not I don't mean to be shallow, but some people will think that you know, the minute you go and see a brain doctor, it means something is wrong with your head, that kind of thing. Yeah. May I just add something on top of that? I think because I was one of the person that just completely uh, thought the same way like you did. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the awareness around migraine as a whole. How much is downplayed in our society today, right? Yeah. But if you were to look at migraine in different parts of the world, people take it seriously. I have had colleagues working in overseas and where they, they actually call in sick for migraine. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand why would they do that until me as a person today, uh, I mean, I guess a year ago I had to go through the entire migraine process. Right. Yeah. Okay. I was okay. What was the worst case scenario uh, when you were actually going through migraine? What was the worst thing that ever happened? Like, you know, did you did you throw up? Did you have like vertigo and stuff like that? You know, how did it affect your life actually? Okay, that's a very good question. But I think, again, this is very subjective. Yeah. I guess it works differently on different individuals. Mm-hmm. And that's why you need to let your doctor to understand your lifestyle, just like how accurately Dr. Sharini has shared. For me personally, um, I had um, broken sleep cycles, number one. Mm. I would be like, you know, moving a lot in bed while sleeping. So I would literally have two hours of sleep every night. Oh, so wow. that's like two to three hours maximum because you, you, you just... The throbbing pain is just in the back of your your temple, your head. And then the pain just like literally goes down to your neck and to your shoulder. And you just become like completely numb the next morning. Now, um, fortunately, I did not have the throwing up sensation, of course, thank God. But I did have like um, the, you know, you have like a, like, I don't know, like maybe hundreds of cages of stones inside, like put on your head and you're just walking around. That's the feeling I went through. And uh, 
you pretty much uh, because see the pain was so severe yeah. that I was constantly looking for avenues to get rid of my pain. So I would like just go and eat a lot to forget the pain. I would be doing something just oh. to forget the pain. So this was kind of quite scary actually because my lifestyle, my life is completely changed because of this migraine. Yeah. Do- Dr. Yeah. Shirini, does this also, okay, if the, a person doesn't really consult a doctor, right, or a specialist with regards to their migraine problem, uh, would it also eventually lead to psychological uh, side effects, you know? Uh, like, 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 based on what, uh, what I'm hearing from Nerosha is like, it kind of, it, it in a way affected her mentally as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to mention about like the stigma of coming to see neurologists. I mean, I don't blame you saying that uh, uh, neurologists cut brains because until now, my father think that my job involved cutting brain, which I don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> my dad, okay, my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but um, you have to know that um, migraine is uh, one of the leading cause of years of disability among people. And... What we, we, what we say about disability, like, like what Nirosha said, that in other countries, mm-hmm. for example, in the States, uh, migraine is actually under, uh, is covered under the Disability Act. Oh, Meaning, really? Uh, yeah, there are actually protected patients, migraine are uh, protected. If you actually keep taking time uh, off because of your migraine, yeah. your employer can't take action upon you. It's wrong for them to do that because mm-hmm. they're protected by the this Disability Act. That's how debilitating and how migraine can cause disability. And there is a a relationship between people with migraine and depression. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of time, when they start saying that they have migraine, people keep downplaying and say, it's just migraine, you know, you really cannot withstand pain. You're so manja, you know, that's the word you use, right? Manja. And because of that, they keep everything inside. They bear with the pain. They can't concentrate. They can't perform at work. They get scolded by their bosses. And because of this, it creates a lot of anxiety and depression. And they they can't do what they want to do. They can't eat what they want to eat. They they have to miss a lot of uh, exciting things that their friends are doing because of migraine. And these days, it's very important because migraine doesn't just involve um, people like our age, you know, like, well, well maybe I'm so much older than you, but... <laughs> no, but, you look uh, young, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm sorry. Yes. But anyway, um, but I'm seeing migraine in, in, in children and adolescents. So um, I'm, not, I'm not a pediatric neurologist, but mm-hmm. I sometimes do see uh, uh, patients in the range of like uh, 15, 16, uh, 16 years old. And they've already started to live with migraine. But what can you do? They can't miss their classes. They yeah. still have to go to the class. And um, because of that, they can't concentrate. And then they come back, they have to do homework. They've got tuition. They've got coursework. They can't get out from this um, cage, like what Nirosha is saying. They can't get out from this cage. They need to get something to clear the pain, but they can't. Can you imagine living with pain like what Nirosha has just mentioned? It's horrible. Yeah. And, and okay, so I want to rewind back to when you were mentioning how uh, migraine can be triggered when you're staring at the screen for too long i'm asking this because you know i'm a parent i'm a parent right (laughs) with the use of technology these days and mobile phones and computer screens being more of a norm thing amongst youngsters and all of us do you there is there like a is does okay does tech this may sound again like a stupid question but does technological advancements with mobile phones contribute to rising cases of migraine 
I think there is definitely a contributory factor there. Okay. Uh, but I, but we can't, like I said, this is part of the norm now. We can't do much about it. Um, if we we stop them from doing, uh, from staring at the computers or joining the Zoom class, they're going to miss out uh, on a lot of things. So mm-hmm. what I normally suggest to my patients is that take regular breaks, yeah. you know, um, do you know when you actually look at the tablets, make sure that the screen uh, brightness is actually reduced. Uh, These kids are selling all sort of like glasses for the children. I think I think a lot of uh, a lot of brands are actually uh, like uh, taking one step forward to kind of address this. Like okay, like for example, the color temperature of your screen uh, instead of having it too blue, now you can have like a sort of like a function where it turns it to be a little bit more warmer, so that's a little bit more pleasing to the eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I yeah. think there is, there are some advancements uh, and responsibility with regards to all brands, uh, yeah. you know, these days because you know a, a lot of technological brands that we use mobile phones and and whatever not these days they all have a section that's dedicated to health. You know what I mean? So <laughs> maybe they realize something, but yeah. But okay, Narosha, how long did you be okay from the from the time you realized you had a headache? Until the time you finally found out that it was migraine, how long was that? Um, that was like, uh, like I mentioned to you earlier, it was like two months. I was like just having this attacks of headaches, right? It yes. was severe. So I was having a lot of painkillers just to trying to like, you know, medicate myself, I guess, like a doctor. Yeah. Um, so I think it was about two months after I've um, consulted Dr. Sherini sometime last year, you know, when MCO kick-started last year oh, the lockdown okay. so of course we were all homebounded and we had to work from home and everything the sleep pattern working hours everything has changed at that point mm-hmm. so that is the time i've decided to of course consult um dr sharing a neurologist two. so that was it took me about a good two months to even realize that oh wow so it was two months of non-stop pain every day yeah oh wow like a lots and lots lots of painkillers okay but before before that okay before you started having headaches you never had headaches before right well I, I did but like it was more of like okay if i were to have a coffee i'm good okay. it was just like you know it's just like a it was just like a normal thing it wasn't like as bad as this okay you know so that's when i was getting a little uh i guess it was just like uh an accumulated sort of uh like a like a factor i think okay so to an extent that um it pretty much made it even more worse um, um, last year around um, January, February. Oh, wow. So before that, I, I used to have it, but not like, uh, but not so severe. Okay, you know but, you, but you, you basically shrugged it off as like a headache. Lah. It's like, oh, no, it's just a headache. It was just like, yeah, fine. It's just like a normal thing. We'll just get back to work. That, so, that was the thing, yeah. Which brings me to my next question, Dr. Srini. So if you have a headache, right, and you always shrug it off as a headache, but in actual fact, you are kind of like maybe having migraine, so would early treatment kind of negate the fact that, you know, it'll get worse or, you know, if you basically don't treat it at all, it'll get so bad until it, it'll take a longer time for recovery? That's a very good question um, because, you know, we always treat what we call episodic migraine. What Nerosha was having much earlier on is what we call episodic migraine. So yep. it comes in episodes, you know, yep. in cluster. So maybe you probably have one or twice of headaches uh, a month. And a lot of people are worried about painkillers, taking painkillers, which I keep telling them is okay because... If, if you're only taking painkillers one or twice a month and that would mean that you can actually function and continue what you're doing, it's okay to do that. But if you start having more attacks, like maybe once or twice a week, 
then you're realizing that you're taking more painkillers. Like in Erosha's case, she's starting to have what we call like chronic headaches. Mm-hmm. In which she's having headaches more than 15 days in a month. And this is when complications happen. She starts having gastric problems because of the painkillers she's taking. Um, we don't know who will actually transform um, into from episodic migraine into chronic migraine. We actually don't know. But there's a small number of patients where um, they started off with very infrequent headaches, mm-hmm. but it, it matches the characteristic of migraine, but it's short-lasting and still well-controlled, but eventually become chronic migraine. So I don't know who will get it, but it is important, like awareness uh, program, like something like this to tell people that um, migraine can become frequent, can drag on to few days, to one week, to every day, to one month or few months, you know? And how, okay, how does this affect uh, pregnant women? <laughs> I'm very curious. Okay. Could it trigger, could it trigger, like, okay, I'm going to ask a lot of questions because, you know, yeah. Uh, could this be uh, could this be some, a problem for women who are trying to conceive children or, or women who already have children or, or, or are currently pregnant with a kid? Could, okay. Yeah. So when we talk about migraine and uh, women, women and migraine is another whole topic, okay? Because we know that women uh, are more prone to get migraine than men. Somehow. Really? Why? It's <laughs> saying because of the hormones, blame the hormones. What else? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna say it's because it's the men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The so women are three times more common to get migraine than men. Mm. Um, and we think this. We know this is because of uh, estrogen in the body, so the hormonal levels and fluctuations. And um, so there's this, this term that we call menstrual migraine. And every time when I tell my patients this, they're quite surprised. Oh, really? I don't know about that. So just a few days before their menses, during the menses, and a few days after, they may get headaches. So, and they only get around this time um, of the month. So this is what we call menstrual migraine. Got it. Now, okay. there are lucky, slightly lucky women out there when they are pregnant, their migraine goes away. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but not everyone, not everyone with, uh, not every woman with migraines will have their migraine go away during pregnancy, but those, especially those who have menstrual migraine, because of the level of estrogen in the body during pregnancy, so their migraine goes away. Right. But the thing is, you know, that's just your honeymoon period. Once a baby come out and then the lack of sleep, the feeding time, the changing time, everything else, mm-hmm. the screaming, and that will then trigger the migraine again. Oh, wow. Um, but when it comes to uh, pregnancy and migraine, um, there are some uh, issues that needs to be, uh, to be touched about, which is um, the medication. So when we give patients uh, medications for migraine, mm-hmm. um, we actually advise them um, not to take this medication if they're pre- planning to be pregnant because... Um, when we treat migraine, there are there are different types of treatment. Okay, so if you do not get very frequent headaches, so like I mentioned earlier, uh, simple painkillers should work. But if you start taking more regular painkillers, so yep. we have to move on to a more uh, a slightly different treatment, which we call prevention treatment. Right. And these are medications that you take on a daily basis, regardless whether that day you have a headache or not. Mm-hmm. And you usually try it on for about three to six months. And whether you want to continue taking that depends on your assessment by the neurologist. 
Um, but if you are planning to be pregnant or if you're pregnant, a lot of these prevention medicines are not recommended to be taken due to the side effects on the baby. Understand. No, I mean, like we've been talking about this for almost like 30 minutes now. Is there a cure for migraine? Well, that's another good question. Is there a cure for migraine? So I mentioned to you about the relationship between hormone and women and migraine. Yeah. So I mean, again, we don't we don't want to we don't want to discount men too. Uh, men get migraine too, because yeah. you see you see right again like uh, when it, when uh, when Nerosha was um, talking to both uh, Nerosha and you, we tend to always use it as sort of like an excuse. It's it's such a common term. Ah, migraine, migraine, and people just don't see the severity in it. So like you know, is there is is it because there is a cure for migraine? You know, people are like, ah, migraine, no problem. Like, you know, people always assume that migraine, there's a cure for it. Maybe not everyone, but some people do. Again, when they correlate it together with a headache, they just think painkiller, cure, gautim. So is there a cure for migraine? Okay, so there is no cure for migraine, but mm. we do have medications that can control the migraine. But why I mentioned about the menstrual migraine is that some people or some women, the good thing is some women after they reach menopause, the migraine may just go away. So I take that as cure for migraine, menopause yep. as a cure for migraine. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't happen to everyone. So I still have a small cohort of patients who are above 50, above 60 years old who still come to my clinic with migraine. But these are small numbers. Somehow, after they get older, the frequency and the attacks of migraine actually subsided and get less frequent or maybe go away. Yeah. Right. And how, okay, so how are treatments for migraine like? Is it just purely oral or, you know, how does it differ? How does it differ from like back then and now? Okay, so I like to group my treatment for migraines into the, the, the ones that we give when someone's having the headache, yeah. which is what we call acute treatment. And then prevention, like I've mentioned before, and then lifestyle changes. So you cannot look migraine as what is the, what is the medicine just give me now, you know, and okay. take it away. It's not a it's not a short term solution. When we treat migraine, we have to look at it as a whole. You talk we we spend a lot of time talking about triggers today. So when we talk about or, um, acute treatment, there's always oral treatment that we can that can be taken. Mm -hmm. Can be bought over the counters but if it's so severe in hospital we do give um, intravenous therapy or some sort of painkillers to help abort the pain um, what, what is intravenous therapy <laughs> uh -huh. it's the you know, little tube that you put inside the your vein oh. and then you can put the drip into got, got it okay. Hospital. okay so this one we put the drug through that tube okay 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 is so with with prevention prevention treatment now um in the older days, we have only oral treatment. Right. Uh, these days, we have the injectable ones as well. Mm. Um, so the injectable ones are not given every day. So that is uh, slightly more convenient to patient. But the oral treatment is something that you take every day. And all of them come with their uh, own, uh, own pros and cons. And the neurologist will then decide which one will fit the patient's best. Like I said, um, if the patient has problems sleeping and that's the trigger for the migraine, they may choose the drugs that actually will treat the migraine and also help with the sleeping. So it's tailored to um, what sort of patient you are seeing, what are the triggers. And then we talk about lifestyle changes. So don't forget about that. So you have to identify your triggers. I normally have my patients come in with a headache diary. And then from that moment, when they look at the diary, I will ask them, why do you think you have headache that day? What happened that day? What did you eat? What did, how was your sleep? You know, were you having your menses at that time? So identifying your triggers 
and trying to avoid the triggers if possible. Okay, so does this be, is this the, the latest way to treat migraine or are there any other innovative ways that, you know, like, you know, there are like more stuff that, you know, that people go to, can, can basically consult to have their migraines treated? There are more ways these days. I mean, people are trying different ways, you know. Um, there's also devices that have uh, been used to treat migraine. For example, I've mentioned to you, like, um, if, uh, if someone is pregnant, you are a bit stuck because you can't give them um, uh, drugs, right? Right. So we don't have some of these devices and some of them we have. Um, so there are sort of like devices that help to stimulate the nerves uh, to treat uh, migraine patient acutely and also chronically. Um, and there is also um, other ways that, you know, like relaxation techniques that can be used. Um, there is also injections to the nerve that can be used as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so uh, Narosha, could you, could you kind of share uh, about the treatments that you actually received from uh, Dr. Shirini and, and how has it helped you so far? And currently, like today, like present day today, you know, are you still going through treatment or you don't need it anymore? Or, you know, do you take something when you need it? You know, what, 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 what are you going through today? Okay, so I I consulted Dr. Shirini sometime last year, March. Yep. And uh, I've actually been on a treatment plan. It was like, uh, like just like what Dr. Shirini has mentioned, right? It was kind of like tailored for me. Um, so depending on my lifestyle and also I did, she did mix a little bit of a combination of treatment plans for me. Mm-hmm. So that was like some orals and some injectables. So I've been on it for about a year and I've successfully completed it. And I'm like, remember you asked a question, is there a cure for migraine? Well, I do not know, but I completely, um, forgotten what migraine was like right that's the current situation oh that's right good now. that's good that's good <laughs> thanks to dr sharini <laughs> yeah i guess the first step is to consult your neurologist first in order uh to address uh, whatever that you're facing with your migraines right yeah because like you know it's not just it's not just a headache right Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not just a headache. Yeah, because yeah. my wife always tells me that she has migraine, and for me, it's like, <laughs> again, you know, you just don't. It doesn't trigger you to just drive her to the hospital, I, and also not. I'm not sure whether it, uh, it, 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 uh, it, it's just like a common term being used by everyone. Sometimes people tend to use the term migraine very loosely. It's like headache or oh, I have a migraine. Does migraine cause blackouts? Well, as I asked that question, the thunder was stri- striking behind me. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, does migraine cause blackouts? Well, technically, migraine shouldn't cause blackouts. Okay. But you know how different people have, different people have um, different level of pain threshold, right? Right. So if the migraine is so severe, like any pain, not just the head pain, okay? If you, have, if you hurt yourself and you have a severe pain in your knee or tummy or whatever, yep. and that can actually cause you to have a transient blackout. Oh. So if the headache is so severe, then it can cause someone to blackout if they cannot tolerate the pain. Okay. So for the benefit of uh, the, 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 the listeners who are listening in right now, when should they start consulting a neurologist, okay? Because they can say that, okay, I have headache one day, tomorrow, still got, third day, got. Ah, don't worry, I can ride this headache out for the next seven days. And then seven days, still got, then they're like, ah, don't want. So when should they, when is that like tipping point where like, you know what? I think something's not right with me. I need to go and see a neurologist. 
I think when when the headaches becomes more frequent, mm. so like if you have the headaches once or twice a month, like I said, yep. a simple painkiller may do. Um, a lot of times they can actually go and see their, uh, the, the most convenient way is actually to see the clinic doctors, you know, or any general practice. Yep. But if the headaches become more frequent and the painkiller doesn't help anymore, then uh, they shouldn't wait any longer and come and see neurologists. Well, we all assume all headaches are migraine. Yep. Um, a lot of time you need to be assessed by neurologists. Don't be scared to come and see us. You know, we're very friendly people and we do talk to you a lot. So, and, and <laughs> why do you, okay, why do you think, very long. why do you think, why do you think people are afraid to go see a neurologist? I don't know, Nirosha, why, why do you think? <laughs> I was just scared that you were going to cut my brains like your dad said. Are you afraid to see a neurologist? What do you think, Jimmy? Are you afraid to see a neurologist? I don't know though, because like, okay, neurologists, right? I always think that neurologists, it, it, it has to do with nerves, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Yes, yes, you're okay, right. Well, so, you got that part right, yes. I think, okay, so I, I knew about neurologists because my mom had a sleep disc, you see. So a sleep disc kind of uh, affects the nerves and then, you know, so neurology is not just about the brain. Like the brain she, she, she had a sleep disc and it basically made her hand numb. So they had, she had to go and see a neurologist because to, she, she needed medication to basically kind of treat her nerves and stuff like that. That's how I got to know about neurologists. Yeah. But for me, it's, that's my assumption of neurologists, nerves connecting Every part of your, <laughs> sending signals to all parts of your body, you know what I mean? And everything comes from the brain. So yeah. for me, as, as long as I have, okay, like, I mean, like this may again sound shallow, like, you know, if I didn't get into an accident or have a bullet clot, I don't have to go see a neurologist. That's, that's my assumption uh, of whether I should go and see a neurologist or not. But I mean, it's good to have this conversation at least people, you know, it's, it's, it's like you, people can go and see a neurologist for as a, consult, for, as a form of consultancy as well to understand what is really wrong with you, even though when you don't have any, uh, when you don't have, when you're not suffering from pain that is impact inflicted. Because, yes. the, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's the thing. That's what I think. Uh, that's when I think like, I should go and see a neurologist when I, oh, I, I, I hit my head, I impacted, then, you know, I have to go see a neurologist. They have yeah. to assess me and, you know. And stuff like that. And uh, the other the other part I, I I hear about neurologists is when you know Elon Musk basically announced that he's gonna implant a chip in people's head called the neuron. Don't know whatever or not. Okay, that's about it. That's that's too much, Dila, huh? That's <laughs> that's a whole thing altogether. <laughs> that's a bit too much already. Yeah. But, you know, you are right because a lot of people are afraid. They, they actually, some of them don't know who to see. So this is what you're doing. You're telling people that if you have headaches, you go and see a neurologist because a lot of time they don't know. Do I come and see you, doctor? Do I see an ophthalmologist? Because is it my eye? Because a lot of time they get a pain behind their eye. So they think it's the problem with the eye. Mm. Um, so they don't come to us directly. And the other thing is I find that when they come to us, actually they're worried about something else. They're not worried about migraine. Yeah. They come to us because they think, doctor, I have this headache that lasted for about a week. I think it's a tumor. I think I'm having a stroke or maybe I'm going to have a stroke. They, they, they don't they, want the answer. They always are afraid of the truth. Lah. It's like I go to the dentist, right? Just to basically yeah. clean my teeth, but I'm just afraid he'll say, sorry, I have to take it out. You know? Exactly. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> exactly. That's right. You are absolutely right. Oh. I think it's the fear of finding out something more serious than like you said, something more serious than migraine. Yeah, just like how people are so afraid to go and get a doctor's checkup because they're just afraid to find out that something is wrong with them. Oh my gosh. Ah. I always say that when you're in your 20s, 
yeah, do whatever, check check my blood, whatever. I'm not afraid. But once you reach over 40, yep. and you start thinking, oh, you should I go and check my blood? Is my cholesterol high? Are you doctor's going to say I've got diabetes? Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. That's good. That's good. I, I, I really appreciate this conversation. I mean, like, I, I personally have learned something from it. And, and, and uh, you know, I hope. Uh, people listening right now can take away something from this and not just like you know shrug it off when you're having a headache and again I just want to ask you a question migraine pain okay the pain of migraine what type of pain can you have because you just mentioned like a pain behind the eyeball so I've had that before and uh I don't have it now. So for me it's like okay I don't maybe I don't have a migraine. Maybe that was just a, a period at one period of time. What kind of Pain can you experience? So, I be, pain behind the eyeball is one of them. What are the type? What are the, what other types of pain? It can be behind the head. So, right. a lot of them come and say there is a pain behind my head, a pain on the top of my head, which is the vertex, and then a pain on the side, right. um, a pain in behind my ear, mm. um, and it's more like a squeezing, crushing, pounding. Sometimes my eyes goes red. Sometimes I get watering on my eye. When I get the headache, only one side of my eye sometimes get red and sometimes as a, my nose become runny. Oh. I mean, that's when neurologists have to look into the problem. Is it really migraine? There's another type of headache, which is called cluster migraine, which, I, migraine, which I'm not going to complicate things today. Okay. But there's another type of headache called cluster migraine, which can be quite similar to migraine, uh, uh, cluster headache, which is quite similar to migraine as well. Right. So there are other more serious symptoms that you can have with migraine. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. I don't know, Nirosha, what sort of pain you had then? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what kind of pain, uh, Nirosha? I'm actually very curious. I had like a throbbing pain, like what Dr. Shereen has shared, in the back of my head, yeah. all the way to my temple area. Uh-huh. And then the pain just slowly started settling down to my neck and all the way to my shoulder. Yeah. So sometimes you just feel like you you are feeling a little paralyzed at the, at the top because it's so painful that you're not able to do anything. All you want to do is just sit in a spot or just sleep. That's all. Right. So it's excruciating pain all the way in your head, this area. That's a very good point. I just want to say about screen time and looking at um, a computer Mm -hmm. because you all we all will have neck pain after sitting in front of the computer for so long right a lot of my patients going to say they start in the head and then it's going to go down in their neck and uh, to their shoulders and, and as if you feel like if someone can I just pull your head for you or support your head for you mm-hmm. and it's like rubbing kind of headaches um, but then when you're sitting in front of a computer, your neck become quite stiff and uh, sometimes it goes into spasm. And this can also trigger the nerves, um, which then further causes the migraine type of headache as well. Right. Okay. Okay. So in other words, don't just think that migraine is having a headache and one side of the head. Lah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, because that's what everybody. I mean, okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that everybody thinks that. That's what I think it is. Like you know, you have one side, the left side brain, right side brain. Ah, yeah, my right side pain, migraine. So it's not that lah. It's not. It's not just that lah, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I. Okay. Cool. I think like you know. Thank you so much. You know for. The, uh, Dr. Shirini and also Narosha for actually joining us on the show today because like uh, yeah I, I've obviously learned something new and if you've actually learned something new if you made it this far to the show and. Uh, don't try and diagnose yourself based on this podcast right now, okay? <laughs> if you are really... Un- <laughs> that's, you know, that's how some people are. Like, you know, they tend to always diagnose themselves. Okay, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay, back uh, pain here, there. 
if there's something not quite right uh, with how you're feeling, it's always good to consult a doctor, a specialist, okay? If you have a headache, a neurologist. If you have something else, maybe some other specialist. Don't always turn to Google uh, because I don't think Google... Have you ever turned to Google, Neurosha? Have you ever? Don't lie. I, I did. It actually made made it even worse for me. <laughs> <laughs> because of self-diagnosing and I was like, nope, this is not the way. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, don't don't be an expert. Don't go, go, don't go Google the remedies, you know. Don't go and say do what, eat what, boil what, you know. Uh, but please consult your doctor. Ladies, it's been an absolute pleasure having a conversation with the both of you. Um, I just want to say thank you very much. Neurosha, I'm glad that you're feeling better. Uh, and thank of course uh, all the best in whatever you're doing and uh, Dr. Srini thank you so much for shedding light on migraine thank you so much um, uh, uh, by giving head uh, you know a uh, head thought into the whole situation <laughs> and uh, hopefully uh, our audiences today will be able to take away something from this conversation thank you so much for listening guys remember you can stream us on Spotify and also on Apple Podcasts thank you ladies we will thank speak you. to you guys next time thank you